that racist incidents aren't just because of a few bad people, but are based on ideas and policies that have embedded racism and perpetuate racial inequality. So critical race theory recognizes that systemic racism is part of everyday life in our society, systemic in our institutions, and it maintains the dominance of white people. Welcome to the Shrinks on Third Psychology and Social Justice Podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. Cindy, you know, there's been a lot of noise lately about critical race theory. Should it be taught? Is it dangerous? Where's the truth? I actually think people aren't really sure what it is. I hope that's the reason for all of the confusion. There's a lot of confusion about it and its relationship to other things we talk about here all the time, like anti-racism, social justice, equity, cultural competence, white privilege, systemic racism, inherent bias, the list goes on. Yes, it does. So let's try to clear up some of that confusion if we can. Well, recent events have increased, I think everybody's awareness and conversations about things like housing segregation and criminal justice and the impact of enslavement on Black people. Individuals, companies, and schools have been taking a harder look at systemic racism, especially after the killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others by white police officers. Right. Increased public awareness is a really good thing. One of the current events that pushed a lot of this concern about critical race theory was the 2019 Pulitzer Prize winning publication by the New York Times of the 1619 Project. If you haven't read it, it is worth finding and reading. August 1619 was when the first slave ships arrived in the New World in what is now called Virginia. If you read it, you know that it told a fuller story of our history, which includes slavery and its ongoing effects in every part of life, as well as a lot of important contributions of Black Americans through time. Yet, Republicans saw it as some anti-American propaganda and found it a great cause for concern. In September 2020, their leader, who was living in the White House at the time, spoke out against the 1619 Project and against anything he thought had anything to do with critical race theory. He opposed using the project as a teaching tool in schools and issued an executive order barring any diversity and inclusion training from federal contracts, which included anything that could be interpreted in his mind as containing divisive concepts, like anything stemming from critical race theory. And even with a lot of pushback from activists and organizations, Over 300 diversity and inclusion training sessions were canceled as a result of this order. I love the term divisive concepts. You know who has a lot of them? The guy who used to live in the White House. Mm. (laughs) As if, as if knowing the truth about our history would ever be harmful to us. Truth is not harmful. 
But now the topic of critical race theory has become totally explosive in public schools where a lot of school boards, legislators, and lawyers are debating bills to ban it. So we need to understand what it is and why there is so much resistance to it. Indeed. Basically, critical race theory is a way of exploring how race and racism have shaped our culture and policies. That seems like something we should all be eager to learn about. We should. One of the main ideas is that racism comes from our social and cultural thought, not biology. Science debunked the biological genetic basis for race a long time ago. Critical race theory looks at racism as a normal fact of our society, embedded within systems and institutions. And we've seen that time and again in the topics we've covered here. There are so many more we haven't even gotten to. We know that racist incidents aren't just because of a few bad people, but are based on ideas and policies that have embedded racism and perpetuate racial inequality. So critical race theory recognizes that systemic racism is part of everyday life in our society, systemic in our institutions, and it maintains the dominance of white people. So critical race theory explores the ways that racism isn't just a result of individual prejudice, but it's embedded in legal systems and laws. Even people who don't intend to be racist like you and me, can make choices that perpetuate racism, such as where they live or where they shop. And we've been trying to explore that here too. Yes. Critical race theory is also a concept that could help us to understand and address inequality and white supremacy, since it's become clearer in the most recent years that the past is not just in the past and these struggles all continue. Right. And unfortunately, as with so many important things, critical race theory is politicized. There are people against it, of course, mostly Republican people against it, and they've described it, and I think this is ridiculous, as a Marxist threat to radically transform society. It doesn't make any sense because basically critical race theory is correcting our knowledge and our understanding of our history and how racism is woven into society. It has absolutely nothing to do with Marxism. Racism is an everyday experience for most people of color, and a lot of people have no interest in getting rid of it because it benefits wealthy white people. Well, those are the ones who have no interest in getting rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Based on what we've been learning and talking about on this podcast, the fact that this is called a theory is also just ridiculous. It's a compromise. It sure seems like a lot of facts to me and facts that have been whitewashed over many, many years. A good example is redlining and how that still perpetuates segregation and the wealth and education gaps between white and black people. The more we've learned this past year or so about our history and its inclusion or exclusion of black Americans, the more we've come to understand how the history of our country has brought all of the issues from the beginning forward to today. Right, critical race theory is important to all sorts of things, our study of law, history, social sciences, psychology, teacher education, so many fields. Just like racism permeates all of the United States institutions, including legal and political systems. And our just saying that is critical race theory because that's what critical race theory says. And another good example is that making laws about racial inequality in education to achieve racial balance, for example, 
didn't take away the need to address other systemic practices that perpetuate the racial inequality in schools like unfair assessments or where people choose to live. Some of these consequences might be unintended, but they're not always unforeseeable. And even when they're seen, sometimes the law keeps it unclear. Right. It's so complicated because even if you move African-American students into school districts that are primarily white, the teachers are white. Most teachers in the country are white, but we've talked about that too. Critical race theory can be a way to explore and challenge the ways that race and racism impact social practices and even conversations. Ignoring race isn't being neutral. It perpetuates the way that things are, the racial status quo, and it hides the intrinsic inequalities. Critical race theory also centers the lived experience and scholarship of people of color that's often been ignored. And it uses all kinds of approaches, such as women's studies, sociology, history, law, psychology, and film, to look at past and present issues around racism. Critical race theory provides a way to question the systems and structures. It involves investigating things like the impact of discriminatory housing policies and school financing systems that perpetuate segregation in education. Where you live affects how much money goes into your schools, who you go to school with, and the quality of your education in so many ways. Another relevant issue is that many of our systems and structures, including the legal system, were created when people of color were excluded from participating. Therefore, critical race theory does call for changes in structures and systems that perpetuate racial inequality. But it's not a specific school of thought. It's not really even a theory. It's an academic idea that developed decades ago and its followers have mostly been academics. Kimberly Crenshaw, the black feminist scholar who coined the concept of intersectionality in 1989 as a way to help explain the oppression of African-American women is also one of the founding critical race scholars and a full professor at Columbia Law. Crenshaw and some of her colleagues like Richard Delgado, Alan Freeman, Derek Bell, and maybe some other progressive legal scholars you may or may not have heard of, developed critical race theory in the 70s and 80s. They saw the continuation of racial inequality in spite of the civil rights movement and felt that it implicated the law in maintaining racial inequality. For example, the Supreme Court forced desegregation, but didn't outline a specific way to achieve it. Like so many times when major bills or acts are created, compromises are made that water it down or even do harm. It took years of litigation for the court to actually mandate school districts, and it also took army backup to make sure it did. We see so many flawed compromises. So these scholars began by looking at ways that the law might produce racial inequality and how it could be complicit in maintaining it. And from a more positive point of view, they also looked at how the law could be used to dismantle racism and social injustice and help protect civil rights. So it started as a way to look at how our laws and systems were continuing to promote inequality, even when they looked like they weren't on the surface, but it's broadened quite a bit since then. It's also gone beyond black white racial issues to explore the oppressive experiences of other people of color such as Latinx people, Native Americans, and Asian Americans, and it keeps changing and evolving.
And like any other big idea, critical race theory can be misunderstood and distorted. There's a lot of resistance to this one because some believe it divides people of color and white people and promotes intolerance. They're afraid it promotes intolerance to white people. <laughs> critical race theory has been blamed for everything from Black Lives Matter protests to LGBTQ clubs in schools, diversity training, free speech debates on college campuses, and calls to reform our justice systems. Well, if it's been blamed for all those things, then that's good because those things are all good. Republicans are afraid that critical race theory is a major effort to rewrite history and to make white people feel that they're inherently racist and they should feel guilty about their advantages. They feel that proponents want to discriminate against white people in order to achieve equality and equity. They don't believe that the US was founded on racism or that white people hold special privileges while others are oppressed. They just don't believe it. So they feel like this theory is a way to manipulate white people. And sometimes it works. They pull on the struggle from the beginning of our country between patriotism and the supposed greatness of the country versus the history of violence towards indigenous people and the enslavement of African-Americans between what we're taught the U.S. is and what it actually has done in many ways still does. There's also a lot of resistance because critical race theory has implications for what the government's role should be in righting past wrongs. So there might be an examination of the legal system and the ways it reproduces racial injustice or a rethinking of interpersonal interactions, listening to the voices of those who are impacted by the laws and systems so that maybe they really could improve. Or, and I know this frightens a lot of white people, even reparations might be called for. And to do this, we have to abandon white supremacy so that we valued, actually valued, the histories and knowledge of others in teaching us and helping create positive change. So instead of doing that, what we get is big, ugly backlash. Really big and really ugly. <laughs> Critics of critical race theory are nervous about major broad social things, but they couch it in the language of school curricula and the so-called best interests of our children. Enter the use of children as pawns in the political debate. Honestly, the best interest of children to me is that they learn the truth. I always think truth is the best thing. Absolutely. The actual anxiety is about the fear of changing the social power hierarchy. Yet several Republican-controlled states have created and passed legislation restricting how race can be taught in schools. Critical race theory itself is not taught in schools, and it's not part of a lesson plan because it's not a thing. It's a way of examining or questioning the role of race and racism in society. It isn't a thing to be taught. Richard Delgado, one of the theory co-founders, described it as a collection of activists and scholars interested in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. And apparently that is so scary for some people. That's the threatening thing, yes. Scholars who study critical race theory in education look at how policies and practices in education contribute to persistent racial inequalities, and they advocate ways to change them. They've studied things like segregated schools, underfunding of school districts, disciplining black students, 
selective admission high schools, and curricula that reinforce racist ideas. And many educators really support this kind of academic questioning, as well as trying to create strategies to make schools feel safe and supportive for black and minority students. Last June, many educators began looking for ways to teach students about the protests that followed George Floyd's murder and to reconsider how American history is taught. So some schools issued official mission statements or changes in policies using some of the concepts of critical race theory and issues our society was reckoning with. So many districts denounced white supremacy, for example, and vowed to teach more about anti-racism. And because of this, school boards, superintendents, principals, teachers are facing serious accusations about critical race theory. Like it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. National groups are supporting parents in fights against lessons on systemic racism. An increasingly coordinated movement backed by seasoned GOP activists, major conservative organizations with tons of money and the media. One of their goals is to unseat school board members who believe in COVID-19 restrictions and critical race theory. Yes. They've been using social media to get their fearful propaganda messages across. And then they get groups to disrupt school board meetings. They inundate school districts by requesting records and issuing lawsuits and federal complaints that allege discrimination against white students. And these actions cost a lot of time and money, even if they're like not legit or don't go anywhere. Right, school districts have to spend money to defend themselves and they don't have it. Yeah. So far, 25 states have considered legislation or other steps to limit how race and racism can be taught in our public schools in a country that's supposed to be free. Eight Republican-led states created laws and actions to restrict or ban teaching critical race theory or related concepts. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, signed a bill prohibiting public school teachers from teaching things like how slavery helped build our nation. Parents in Texas oppose lessons in cultural awareness. There have been civil rights complaints against schools such as in Massachusetts for creating a safe space for students of color after attacks on Asians and complaints against districts where administrators pledged to dismantle racism in their schools. How crazy is that? It's crazy. The conservative focus on critical race theory is pervading right-wing outlets like Breitbart and Fox News, which we advise you never to listen to, <laughs> unless you're just curious about how crazy it is. Mm. Several new activist organizations have sprung up and they're providing toolkits for activism against critical race theory, teaching people how to file records requests, offering to help parents publicize what's happening in their school districts, this is so insane and it's created threatening and scary public school meetings. They sometimes seem a bit paranoid about this stuff. A group in Nevada proposed placing body cameras on teachers to make sure they aren't teaching critical race theory. Wow. There was a local situation, at least one, here in a suburban elementary school where it was decided to teach students concepts of racism, privilege, and justice during the last week of classes. They got way more pushback than they expected by a minority of parents who had strong organizational support. 
they consider, these parents and the organizations, consider denouncing white supremacy potentially damaging to their children. On the contrary, if only we started at a young age to teach people to observe and examine things and think critically. Think critically. That is what we need students to learn. Absolutely. Teaching critical race theory and anything related to the 1619 Project now violates Florida state standards for education. Not that their system is so great anyway. So even in our own day, today, right now, we are witnessing the fight to continue to whitewash our education system around American history by watering down the role of past injustices. Gaslighting. Trying to raise yet another generation who like ours didn't know about so much of what's been going on. Racial justice work has always been considered dangerous by some people and even sometimes by leadership at the highest levels. It's ridiculous that it's dangerous. Again, truth is always better than lies. Meanwhile, Cornell and Harvard have conducted research on critical race theory and so has the National Institute for Health. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention scheduled training on critical race theory last fall. But as you might have guessed, the program was canceled by the White House at the time, not Biden. The current administration is promoting education programs that address systemic racism in the United States and the country's legacy of slavery. And there's still so much farther we have to go. Critical race theory doesn't teach hatred of white people and it isn't designed to perpetuate division. But hopefully when you know the truth, you'll hate the way that white people have behaved and work to be different and to make up for the fact that we are where we are and have what we have because of it. As critical race theory suggests, it's critical that we explore how the law or how any of us or our systems and institutions protect racism and racial hierarchies and how race, racism and racial inequality can truly be dismantled. Our history has excluded other points of view, always in favor of a dominant white narrative. And that is what so many people are fighting to maintain, that dominant white narrative. So understanding critical race theory and some of its primary tenets is vital to help work to eradicate racial inequality in this country. So you can start with these books if you wanna learn more. There's the 1993 book written by Delgado, Crenshaw, Marie Masuda, and Charles R. Lawrence entitled, Words That Wound, Critical Race Theory, Assaultive Speech, and the First Amendment. And there's a book by Delgado and Jean Stefantik, I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name, entitled, Critical Race Theory, An Introduction, And remember, learning, trying to understand the larger forces at play and searching for inequities in our lives is always a good thing to do, no matter what anyone else tells you. When we do that, we then have the opportunity to try to make changes to improve how people are treated and bring more equality to society. And that's better for everyone. It's something to strive for, not shut down. And that's the truth. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Until next time, take care.